What is up, everybody? This is Kevin here with 3 to Play Podcast. We are, again, the three-headed monster of gaming, giving you guys news, reviews, and conversation. And today, we are doing something a little different. We are now giving you guys our top five games of this past generation. And what we mean by this generation, we mean spanning from 2013 to 2020. We are on the horizons of the new next gen for PlayStation and Microsoft. And we would like to talk about our favorite games, whether they were from PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, Nintendo Switch, Wii U, Xbox One X, Series X, and 360. And once again, shout out my boys. Kai's here. Say something to hey, people. Hey, how you guys doing? And Brother Brent. What up, though? All right, anything you guys want to say first? Um, I'm ready to talk about video games. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm ready to. We took a little break, but let's let's get into this t- these topics. All right. So starting off number five, Brent, do you want to take it off? Yes, I will kick this thing off, and I think I'll kick it off with a bang. Um, my number five favorite game of this gen. Everybody knows I'm a PlayStation head. I'm a PlayStation boy. At least for this gen, this current gen, we all know PlayStation has had a strong hold, a strong grasp on everything gaming. So uh, my number five, kicking it off right in that vein, is Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, this was the first big game that really I played and got into um, on the PS4. Um because I was late getting my PS4 listeners, and uh, when I got it, Kai got me, or Kevin and Kai got me Metal Gear Solid 5 for my birthday. And uh, man, you guys want to talk about like amazing graphics that are still to this day like amazing. Um, it, it has a stealth um, gameplay that is still unmatched. In my opinion, you know, we have a whole bunch of games trying to add stealth mechanics and and stealth elements to their games. But, you know, that Metal Gear Solid is still tops, in my opinion, as far as stealth is concerned. You know, shooting feels great. It's a crazy Metal Gear because it was never fully (laughs) completed. (laughs) It's like 95% done, but it's good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Thanks, Konami. Yeah, exactly, Kevin. But even, you know, to the extent that they finished it, still was able to make it to my list as like, a, in my opinion, one of the um, generation defining games for PlayStation. Uh, might be getting slept over or looked over and slept on now because it's kind of getting kind of old now and because, they, you know, they couldn't finish it. But uh, in my opinion, this is this thing reserved as regalia and should be right up at the top if you're talking about any sort of especially stealth driven games um kojima you know storytelling just at its best in this thing i can just still think back to some of the missions that really stick out in my mind um this is just great you know i remember being in that damn basement where you had to kill all the people uh, <laughs> the uh the soldiers um and they weren't fighting back what was it because it was a they sickness were you and yeah. you were playing the yeah. Yeah. walker theme at the same time yeah, that game was just oh, so man. gripping emotionally. Like, especially as a longtime Metal Gear fans like us, for those who may mm-hmm. not know, Brent introduced us to the Metal Gear Solid games, and I reintroduced it to him with the end of the Metal Gear Solid Five, which is fittingly the yeah. end of the series. Mm-hmm. You're right. Hopefully, Metal Gear Solid really has a big place in my heart, especially Five, purely just off of like the game itself was just so different and unique. Like, 
Yes, it was like the way they took on this open world, more a case of, hey, here's this big open world. You have these number of missions to do. Do with them how you want. You want to disable this comm box, disable the comm box. And then you want to shoot one guard and alert the other ones to send them on a panic craze while you hide in the bathroom and watch them all freak out. You can do that. You wanted to start kidnapping soldiers left and right and placing weird de- deployable um, snakes and to have them record and vo- we call make voice lines for them to distract your enemy. This game kind of lets you tackle any, any mission any way you want, and that freedom of choice really makes it stand out to me. Yeah, definitely. I remember like the first time I realized that you can play sounds from the holotape that you um the walkie-talkie the mp3 thing that you have i remember i ran i was being chased by a soldier i hide in the bathroom and play the shitting sound and it actually worked and i thought that was genius like okay that's exactly what i needed from this game and it's just so like beautiful like and i like how like even though most games wouldn't dare dare do this to you there's no hand holding in metal gear solid 5 as soon as you crawl through the hospital and you're at the steps it is just there's no controls you just do whatever you want to do I remember I tried to tackle the guy with a square where you just lunge forward and me and him just fell down the steps and I got lit up with bullets. But um, definitely, it, this is a game I feel like even if not Metal Gear fans should be playing, it's just that good of a game. Yeah, and we can't forget Quiet. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yes, also, oh, man. One of my favorite things I just want to throw out there before we finish it off. Someone actually went out their way and actually was on the PlayStation 3 servers to disable all nukes in the game and actually achieve world peace. Have y'all got, did y'all got to watch that video yet? Yeah, I saw that. No, I still haven't seen it. Well, it's honestly incredible just seeing how Kojima planned this out and there's a full-on cutscene. It actually gives you a lot of kind of terrifying statistics on the number of active nukes in in the world currently. And it's basically mm. explaining to you how dangerous this is and how kind of crazy this actual situation is in real life that we're dealing with. And him trying to make people find some type of peace in the world is very interesting. I want to say shout out to those PS3 users. Yes. Also, I just have forgot to mention this before I leave Mario's Hell of Five. The speech Kaz gives, though, why are we still here just to suffer? I know it has been mean to death now, but my God, that was probably one of the greatest cutscenes I've ever experienced as a player. When, like, because the game is called Phantom Pain, the Phantom Pain, and his Phantom Pain is physical, just like your hand is. So not only is he blind now, he's missing both an arm and a leg. So it's just, it was just far too deep. And I just feel like that game had superb cutscenes, superb voice acting. It is a damn shame they did not do Kojima right. We didn't get the full game that we expected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shout out to Minecraft Solid 5. Yeah, yeah, Kai, I gotta build off of that. If they finish this game, you wanna talk about if they finished it and we didn't have to start replaying the same missions over, you know, later in the uh, gameplay, you wanna talk about this thing could be top. Could be one, you know? It could be 10 out of 10, honestly. It's just yeah, that good. Like if they it plays it. great. This thing could have been one on my list if they finished it. So, you know, but still, where it is, just an awesome game. And, um, yeah, man, just thinking about what, like when you you were a snake and you went into, um, saved this little, one of the African boys, and it was like this room where they were like, I guess, experimenting on kids, yeah. and it was just, just blood everywhere, and just, oh man, that was another like t- totally gut-wrenching scene, and then right after that, you just have this huge boss fight with the big fireman, just so good, just a, just a good-ass game, man. 
The big fire yeah. whale is my favorite part of the game. Just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never saw that coming in a video game before. Yeah. That's how you knew you were playing a Kojima game. <laughs> All right, right, guys. So what's your number five? All right. So my number five is The Wolf Among Us. So Ooh. I'm a huge fan of the Telltale games. And um, I just want to say, you know, shout out to them. Rest in peace to the original crew of that. Y'all didn't deserve the way y'all went out. But, like, they created probably the coolest genre of games where I got my sister, who was a dedicated video game hater, to be interested <laughs> in video games. Because it's more like an interactive movie than it is an actual full game. And, wow, it is just – it's just so good and so unique. Like, playing as the, the big bad wolf, going around town, trying to save the fairy tales. You see, um, what's it called? Uh, Grendel from um, um, Bellwolf. How you rip his arm off, like, in the story. Um the um, Rapunzel was being physically abused by her husband. Like, there's so mm. many good stories in that. And they, they, I remember, like, we and Kevin were so full of rage at the end of the game that we just, like, you know, spoilers for us, eight-year-old game, ripped the main villain's head off. And then we thought, like, yeah, we did it. We're the heroes. And then all the townspeople look at you like you're the demon from hell because, like, you just ripped open the, the, the mayor's head. <laughs> like, you didn't do your job <laughs> as a cop. <laughs> And we had to go back and restart that because we felt terrible. <laughs> it's just like the rage was just overbecoming us. But, man, I just think that that game is a really good game and not talked about enough. And even though I have not gone back to play The Walking Dead Season 4 because of the old Tesla went out, I need y'all to look the other way when I play The Wolf Among Us Season 2 when that drops. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. I think the way they did um Bixby in that whole situation, that whole storyline with the Wolf Among Us, I thought it was just honestly really good. Like out of all of the Telltale games, this is like this and Walking Dead season two are probably my top, like my top two, like hands down. I just think the storytelling was so good, the way they handled performances and the twist in that one, where I feel like a lot of the other games twists, like Game of Thrones or Batman, weren't all that crazy. That one actually had a lot of good ups and downs in that. Game of Thrones had a lot of twists, but they weren't good twists. It was just literally, <laughs> what else can go wrong? And then, guess what? It did. Where, like, I felt like, you know, in the Walking Dead games, there's always a moral of gray. Game of Thrones was just endless suffering. I suffered so much. I wasted money on that game. Damn. Just for them to not be another season, too. So, you know, Welcome to the Game of Thrones fandom. <laughs> <laughs> this was right. way before y'all were triggered. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Anything you want to say on that one, Brent? Um, I gotta play that. Yeah, it's real I cheap. Get that. Definitely gotta get yeah. that. All right, I feel it. it. It's definitely worth it. All right, so starting off with my number five, mine is Dying Light. I'm not sure you y'all remember the that one. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Right? Mm-hmm. So Dying Light is a first person zombie survival game, and in my honest opinion, it really knocked itself like for. A random game that I didn't really have much hope in, it blew my expectations out the water. I just thought the game was gorgeous, set in a very interesting and unique location in like the Middle East with these kind of interesting towers. I love the way the whole parkour and movement system across the game. It kind of felt like Far Cry mixed with Assassin's Creed, like the way you were able to traverse the huge buildings, these sewers, the tunnels. It was also extremely terrifying. Like, I mean... Once it hit night, I was sprinting for a safe house to sleep in because you did not want to get caught out there. I really also want to say, like, one of the reasons I had them on here, especially because the way they supported that game. 
up until so even still through last year, they have been dropping DLC after DLC after DLC to gauge people and keep them interested while they wait for the sequel to come out, which I'm still picking up. Overall, I think the game was awesome. I love the multiplayer with friends, like having four friends with guns and assault rifles fighting through the night against the horde and the big mutated monster ones. Oh my! Like the hours we all spent groups playing that game, I really enjoyed that one. Dying Light was definitely a fun game, even though I never personally finished it, because like um just the just the concept of it was so cool, and like how one of the toughest decisions in the game early on is should you trade in the gun that you just got to give to someone else, or should you just ignore that mission forever and keep the pistol that you just got, which would have really helped your character in the long run. Well, like it's I'm definitely excited for the sequel. It's just if it ever comes out. I feel like Dying Light came out at the beginning of the PS4 life cycle and then never heard a peep sense of the new game. So I was just kind of, wait, where y'all at? I'm ready for y'all. Yeah, that's another one I got to check out. Yeah, it's definitely worth the money. Like, it's really worth the money. Well, when the second one comes out, we can all grab it and then we'll all play that together. It's, it's, no, I'll tell you, it's terrifying. So oh, I just checked it's 11 bucks right now. Oh, nice. Because I just remember we, Kevin, and our friends, Tyreek, and them, we just have so much fun just drop-kicking zombies all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you throw them up to high places or like roofs or cars and just run and drop-kick them right off. <laughs> and then you got the, get the grappling hook that made you turn into Spider-Man, basically, through that city. Man, that was good. Nice. All right, Kai, so what is your number four? All right, my number four, Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Overwatch is a divisive game to a lot of people. It started mm-hmm. off with such high hopes, such like everyone, like Overwatch in 2016 when it was launching, could do no wrong. It was the number one search trend on Pornhub. The character designs were great. Like I was so interested in, in the lore. And now in the Lord's year of 2020, I hate to say it, but Overwatch is somewhat the furthest thing on my mind when it comes to playing a shooter. For those four years I was active from like, you know, those two years, I mean, 2016 to 2018, Overwatch was definitely one of my favorite games. It has the most unique roster I've ever played in a shooting game where like, there's no, any, at least that, as far as I know of, there's no character I can play around like Lucio where I'm jumping from wall to wall. Like he made playing a support character incredibly fun. Genji the ninja where if you play him like a real ninja, he's actually rewarded where you run, scout, find out where enemies are, and then you can report back to your team and tell you, hey, they have a you know two two Reinhardts or in a in a Reaper. Like stuff like that made the game so much worth it. I enjoyed playing the competitive season one and two of Overwatch. Season three got toxic and season four I just dropped it because I couldn't handle the changes anymore and it was just kind of too meta. But man, me and Kevin, I think combined, have like nine hundred hours on Overwatch. So it's just kind of like I, I, I love this game because like I used to play on Kevin's account, Twisted Mind. You can add him by the way, but um, like we we just put so much time in that game. Overwatch just was special, and it still can be special. I'm so excited for Overwatch too whenever that drops. Um, I know the porn was gonna be so much higher quality. So shout out to them, shout out to Blizzard. I hope um they can keep up the pace of the next game and keep the lore going and actually establish a real story. Because you made such cool characters, but did not, did nothing with them. You can't stop talking about Overwatch without the porn, but definitely can't, Overwatch is honestly one of my favorite games of all time now. Like, even if it wasn't on the other generation, it'd probably still be on my list. Like, purely because of like the hours we sank into that game. I just think like I, 
I think back to 2016, I was sitting in college and IGN had a live stream of a game called Overwatch. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just click on it for one second. Little did I know I would have been blown away. I had to go find that beta code, sign up for it, and then got in the open beta from when it came out. And man, that like from then, like from right there, I found my main watching Diva on the live stream. And I just started, kept, I started playing that game like there was nothing else. It kind of consumed our 20, like when I think when I started really playing single player games was around 2017, 2016, when Overwatch came out. We pretty much stayed up every night playing it. I was in Facebook groups, making friends with people, shout out to people like Boss that we play games with. Like we were just playing as many hours as we can, competitive, arcade, um, quick play, just for the fun of it. I've learned almost every character that was in like the first three seasons of the game. It's honestly just God tier. I know you were saying with the story mode not being that well, but I think they did a lot when it came to actually fleshing out the world and their characters where, yes, a lot of these shooting games have cool designs, like whether you're in Hyperscape or Valorant or things like, or Rainbow Six Siege, but where is actually the lore to the characters? I think Blizzard knew they were onto something when they started making those shorts. And those shorts are, in my opinion, one of the most important things to Overwatch, where you get in the, like you get to watch, for example, um, let's say your favorite character was May. You get like, I don't get why she uses an ice gun, what's her backstory, you don't really know much about her. But then you watch a 10-minute video explaining what happened to her, her friends, and why she joined the fight. It's awesome. And they're free all on YouTube, and you can watch them at any date. I think they did a really good job with those type of designs choices to say like, Hey, we can make characters fleshed out and give you a reason to stay involved in this world, whether it's offline or online. Yeah, definitely. Overwatch is fucking great. Yeah. I just recently <laughs> got into Overwatch. Um, finally listened to Kevin Kine, bought it. And, uh, you know, we are already have had a few crazy and fun Overwatch moments. Um, you know, I feel what, what Kai said. He, he said when it comes to shooters, Overwatch is one of the last one he thinks about. But um, I can understand that because there's a few other ones, you know, I might go to first. But uh, when every any time we put it on, we have fun with it, you know. So um, especially learning all the different heroes and, and their um, movesets and their guns and weapons and everything, really fun game. So I'm glad I was able to pick it up and try it out. Mm-hmm. And also, unlike contrary belief, I never made it to bronze. I was a gold and platinum baby. Just Ooh. say it. <laughs> <laughs> don't let the don't believe the lies. <laughs> all right. Well, yes, definitely don't believe those lies. But remember, I'm the one that carried Kai all the way to platinum. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> all right. So uh, my number four is, I just mentioned it, Rainbow Six Siege. This was a shooting game by Ubisoft that, in spite of no one, like, other than just, like, a few of my half of my friends, usually me and Kai are twins for the listeners, if you don't know. Me and Kai usually play just about all of our multiplayer games together, and if we don't, usually one of us will drop it off or stop playing for a while. Rainbow Six Siege was the first game I had no problem playing without him or any of my friends for the longest time. That's arguably, in my opinion, the shooter of this generation. It's one of the smartest, most interesting, like, revi- like revamps of a franchise I've ever seen. 
Because if you guys remember back in the day on PS1 and Xbox, the old Rainbow Six Sieges were nothing really, it was nothing like this. You had to fight other enemies and move around rooms and stuff like that. But not to the extent of a team-based hero shooter where you're sitting in a room and you have to guard areas or you have to attack areas. And they added so many different mechanics that most games don't even do now. Like when it comes to destructible environments, and I don't mean just blowing up a door or blowing up a wall. In Siege, you can poke a hole through the ceiling and have a little shot a shot window to make just so you can get that snipe off. You can put a breaching charge on a wall, set the explosive off, and blow it up so you can get into a room that was previously blocked off. Like, or use the guy with the sledgehammer who can just tear down the wall itself. I think they just did above and beyond when it comes to creating that game, and it's shown off because when it comes to their esports, they're huge right now. The competitive Rainbow Six Siege is still going on strong. I think they just did such a good job with that game. Yeah, Siege is definitely a fun game. I never truly got into it because I'm pretty bad at the game. However, it's definitely a blast. I enjoy that in one that limited time affected mode. It, it, it's good. Like, definitely, this is not a game to be slept on. It stayed live, and it needed to use the games as a service model to build upon, and it paid off in the long run. Like, this was it wasn't a slow burn, but like, it's definitely rewarded those who stuck with the game. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Brent, what is your number four? Uh, my number four for the. Uh, this generation is Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter World. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about a game that I put over 350 hours in just slaying monster after monster after monster, monster after Anjanev after, after everything. I'm not going to start naming them all, but um, yeah, this game really you know took me by storm. I had never played any of the other Monster Hunters, the previous games. So this one came out, and I was a little skeptical. Like, I don't know what it's going to be about. I don't know. Run around killing monsters. Sounds kind of cool. But I pick it up, you know, I don't think it was day one, but real early. And um, I just immediately loved the, um, the gameplay. The combat is what was so fun to me. I immediately found a weapon that I love, the Switch Axe. It's what I use from then all the way up till now. If I hop on it, I'll still use that. Uh, just flowed so well for me. Um, being able to play with my friends was huge. This game even helped me make new friends through PlayStation that, that I would go off and play with, you know, other than Kevin and Kai. Um, man, just the graphics were great. Gameplay was hella fun, like I said. You know, all the different variety of weapons were great. I had to switch out because my favorite but had a few other dual blades and such that I would go off and uh, use, you know, for certain situations. Um, the story was terrible, but this game was not for, for that at all. <laughs> for, the, for the story of the campaign, it was all about grinding, 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 building up your equipment, getting better weapons, getting, uh, you know, special attachments for armor, getting better armor, getting charms, you know, getting everything you can get to be the best monster hunter you could be. I got to like 90 something percent uh, to platinum this game, but I just couldn't do the rest. It was just way too much R and D. And that was like one last one you needed to get like just one trophy. No, it was still like three. I'm still at like three, but the R and D finally got the best of me and uh, overtook me. And so I quit, you know, going for that, but uh, man, I had my fun with this game. Just literally, 
you know, playing that every day for a, <laughs> a point in period where, you know, other friends, Kevin and Kai and other guys would be on there like, hey, we're running this. You know, Brent, what are you doing? Monster Hunter. That's it. Don't even ask me what else I'm playing. I'm not doing none of this other stuff. I'm just on there grinding. Just like, I'm hunting Anginess tonight. <laughs> yes, literally. You're right. Not even just video games, but like literal, literal family events, family going out to dinner, hanging out together. Brent, you want to come? What are you doing? Um, I'm monsters tonight. So I don't think I can make it. So, yeah, this game was truly like a huge moment for me, a huge movement for me. And, um, you know, it sold really well. Some people think it helped bring Capcom back. One of the games that helped bring Capcom back into a, you know, a better light. But, um, yeah, sure. I had a blast. So that's my number four. Man, the... Okay, little known fact, me, Kevin, and Brent are what we call the Prayer Warriors. The Monster Hunter game birthed the Prayer Warriors. I think that's something we don't talk about. Yes, it did. Monster Hunter birthed the Prayer Warriors. Me, Kevin, and Brent, and occasionally Anthony, (laughs) would be out there grinding. I remember Brent had to give me words of encouragement to not put this game down. I had (laughs) built myself on the Gunlance um, tree, and let me tell you, Trying to fight the dinosaur with no um, bullets, to, like no sleeping, no fire, was genuinely awful until I just had to remember, was like, Kai, you might have to start all over with a new weapon. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, once I picked up that hammer, <laughs> everything changed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I took on that dragon, and I mean, the dinosaur, and I just beat his ass so clearly. I just remember <laughs> so much fun, me and would have we would hunt Call of the Dragon, um, Cove Duroth, I think it's called the old one. Yeah, the old one. one. We mm-hmm. hunted him to forever. He was so sick and tired of us because <laughs> it was the point where he was just stopped running. We was be fucking bad. Yeah. Our battles against Nergigante, the legendary battles of Nerg. Yes, because there was a point where Kevin dropped off, and me and Brent were the lone two missionaries going around, still yeah. trying to spread the word of monsters, and we just had a blast. I think I put like 250 hours in. I didn't want to pick up Iceborne because I felt like I had my fun with the game, but that game definitely, I should have put that on my list, but I definitely love that game. It is a good ass game. Fucking Devil Joe and Beetlejuice or Bezel. Bezel Juice. Bezel Geese, that's what it was. Yeah. Art tempered Bezel Geese was terrible. Man, there there were so many moments like that, guy, like brought forth by the the creative monsters that they had in there. They just made it just a fucking blast to fight. So. Yeah, that game's will hold a special place in my heart. <laughs> and as the runt of the group when it came to Monster Hunter, <laughs> I agree where this game was good. Like, when it came down to what a live service game should be, I think it outdid Destiny. It outdid the Division. A lot of those games in that field where I always felt compelled to go after these monsters where I don't feel like going through a dungeon in Destiny. I don't feel like trying to go just through another sewer to a sewer tunnel or just fight in certain areas in the division. This game had me hooked. It had me wanting to go back to fight the Subikuliaku to get the stupid rock out of his hand <laughs> and his armor, or to get his outfit. Or I just wanted to get certain monsters off it just because they look cool or because their weapon was better. And mm-hmm. like Adam, I went through multiple weapons. I went from the dual swords to the these what was he called? The lance where it mentioned with the gun lance with the bug with the bugs on it. Bug lance. Yeah. It was just a solid game. The, the glaive, the bug glaive. Yeah, insect yeah. glaive. Yeah, there we go. Huh? So another thing where like you may not know Brent or listeners, 
me and Kai first started with Monster Hunter Ultimate on the Wii U. Mm. We oh, were so turned off by that game. We never. We almost. I almost swore I would never buy another Monster Hunter again. <laughs> it's just like that game was a DS port to the Wii U, and that shit was ass. It was so not fun. We have anybody to play with. I think definitely having friends to play with and it being on PS4 made it incredibly gorgeous. So like, mm-hmm. I think once I saw that, and then okay, we can play together. I had no problem playing with us because I just remember like us doing the dances with the pig walking around the, t- the little entry level. Like, that, man, I, that was a good ass game. I got I got to show that some more, more love. Yeah, I had so much fun with it. I haven't got to the point, listeners. When Kevin and Kai were done with it, they're like, "Oh yeah, bring me done. We're not getting on that no more." I just kept going like solo runs, playing with randoms. I didn't give a fuck. I just needed to get my. Uh, Monster Hunter fix, but uh, and the ditto to Echo Kai. I mean, yeah, I didn't get Iceborne. If you got, if the listeners were wondering, I mean, exactly what Kai said. I had my fun with it. I had all my hours. Shit, it might be four hundred hours I put in this game. I really got to check when I when I get it on the PlayStation and figure out what the number is. But um, I had my time with it, <laughs> and so Iceborne came. I never got it. I wasn't really you know interested in getting it. But that original base Monster Hunter, man, great game. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so Kai, what's yours, number four? Sorry, number three. All right, my number three, and it's also my favorite fighting game of this generation, Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U. Mm. Super Smash Bros. for the Wii U took so much of my time. I became a diehard Smash fan. I was in the Smash group playing with the regulars there, doing my best. I was dedicated to taking Marf to top tier. And then also, I had a shout out to one of my old jobs. Won't say the name of it right now, but it had Super Smash Bros. in the um, office for us to play on our breaks. I just was just tired of getting smacked around by the niggas at my job. I thought, okay, look, I got a little money right now. I can, I can, I'm going to do some training. So we went out, bought a Wii that day, and then the rest is history. I put so much time into being a Wi-Fi warrior. I just would watch streams hoping I could play Zero, even though he's true forever, truly canceled now. Fuck that guy. But, man, I just genuinely think Super Smash Bros. Wii U was just one of the best fighting games I ever played. Because it genuinely, it took Smash to another level. And the DLC, putting Cloud in, Bayonetta, um, bringing back the old school cast like Mewtwo, Roy, um, Ness. They did so right on that game. It it, it was just the perfect game. And then having Avatar from um, Fire Emblem If, just just perfect. Like, I can't sing about his praises enough. Shout out to the Wii U. Shout out to the Super Smash Bros. fandom. Uh, y'all going through a lot right now, and I'm keeping my distance, but, you know, I'm still supporting y'all. Get all the pedophiles out of your community. Fuck those guys and never bring them back. And, yeah, those match to make it strong again. Yeah, for me, the Super, Super Smash Brothers was worth a console, where a lot of people are like, well, is this game a system seller? It was, and it really, really was worth it. I only owned three games on my Wii U when it was, it was Mario Kart, Super Mario 3 called Wii U and Smash. And Smash called predominantly took up almost all of my time. And we weren't just a, oh, let's just play with our friends and use items and on regular stages or anything. We learned, we played it like the pro scene and no items, Omega stages only, where you actually had to learn real combos with those characters and actually take time to watch people to get better at it. And we had so much fun with that. I think like taking that game seriously and like watching those tournaments and trying to see guys like Mewtwo King or Nairo and all of them become good to where like it pushed us to actually actively become better at that game. And 
we would go back on our job and on breaks and we would try to hold our own with the people who play competitively seriously. And that just adds so much fun to that game. And when I think of that, I think of great times at my job and being at home. And the one time me and Kai had our hilarious um, one-on-one match that ended in my failure. And also it makes me think of rest in peace to the King Etika. Etika was one of the biggest influences why I got into Super Smash Bros. again. Rest in peace to him, man. Like, truly gone, but never forgotten. Joy-Con boys for life, man. I, you know, I played Smash a few, guys, a few times with you guys, but that's not the memories for me. My memories are really watching you guys play it. Um, <laughs> especially, you know, your matches with Davon. Listeners, you know Davon. He's, he's been on here a few times with us. But um, once you guys play with him, hearing the stories of your crazy matches, We'd be, I don't know, at a family dinner out somewhere at a restaurant, and Kevin and Kyle would be beefing back and forth, jokingly, of course, about you know how their matches oh, no. went we on joking. Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin couldn't accept that was better. <laughs> uh, so I remember that point in time, and seeing you guys play it, you know, was a blast. Not getting there, too much shit was going on for me. You know, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was terrible at it because you guys were really putting in the time. You know, so um. But uh, yeah, so I remember that. Point I was the world life. warrior, Brent. I would go, I would take my Wii U and travel to houses, beat niggas' asses, and then leave. Like oh. I, like I invited a friend. <laughs> one of my fair stories, because people know I love to showboat and be a good heel out there for my wrestling fans. <laughs> I had a friend named Nate. He's a streamer now. Shout out Nate. He kept saying I was trash. I didn't like that. Kevin Egdemont. Oh yeah, Kai's terrible again. You're not gonna be Kai. Kevin had no faith. I said, hey, Nate, what you doing this weekend? Brought him on over, whooped his monkey ass. <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, all right, Nate, there you go. He goes, oh, I thought we were going to play on 3DS. No, nigga, we're playing on the Wii U. <laughs> I'm just saying, it, it felt good. I, I defended my title. I went around the world with that one. I earned my title. Nice. I get you. It was just a lot of fun with Smash, and I really do think that we had a lot of good memories of that. All right, so on to my number three. This might be a little shocker to you guys, but I have to go on like what was amazing and what truly changed, in my opinion, gaming. Fortnite. Mm, the game that I every 10-year-old plays and all your little kids love. Fortnite, in my opinion, is not the most revolutionary game, but they have one of the best success stories in gaming. You went from a game that had mild expectations from the reveal in E3 that came out of developmental hell. They had a weak and very subpar launch with Save the World Edition that took another's game style and ran the ball with it. It turned Epic single-handedly into a powerhouse on their own, and that game is still running hard to this day. I think it's one of the probably... The, like I said, the best success story of gaming in this decade, in this generation. What do you guys think? Fortnite was sold to me as a tower defense game, and I bought that, and I had a blast of tower defense. Little did I know I would be playing the juggernaut of the gaming industry. It literally made the Battle Royale genre famous. Like, you know, PUBG and H1Z1 came first, yes. But Fortnite just said, I'm Jordan, flu game Jordan right now. I, I'm taking on everybody. It Fortnite is on my honorable mentions, but wow. From having collabs with not only DC, Marvel, um, various Star Wars, like, Star Wars, Borderlands. Like, I can play as Harley Quinn. Brent can play as um, 
you know, a Borderlands Psycho. Kevin, there, was, there was even a mode where you could fight Thanos in the game. Travis, Travis Scott. Travis Scott. I could <laughs> Travis Scott concert. Wow, I forgot about that. Like, what an incredible game. I only dropped off Fortnite because the skill gap became way too high for me. I ain't gonna lie. I had watched my, at the time, eight-year-old cousin build a skyscraper in seconds when I could only do a wall. So, yeah, I, I really <laughs> passed that. I had to pick up my jersey. <laughs> but definitely, Fortnite was incredible. What a good time! Yeah, Kevin, I don't, I don't hate that list at all. I, I mean, list. I, I don't hate Fortnite at this position at all. Like, I understand what they did, you know, and I understand their place in the gaming like realm or, or, or community because, um, man, like you're right, they didn't create you know battle royale or anything, but they took that idea and they they ran with it. They made it. Pretty much what it is today, they in my opinion. They PUBG out. Yeah. And not to mention, you know, it, it looks, it, especially if you look at it now, the color, it looks great. The colors pop. We're just talking about how the graphics on this game are great. Mm-hmm. Um, the draw it's still incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's still strong, running strong to this day. has a whole bunch of players. Like, you know, we just brought up, they had a Travis Scott concert not too long ago. I mean, building, I never got a hold of it. And I can barely shoot niggas on, on these games. But so building, is it was a whole never problem for me. I never got, got a hold of it. So that's why, you know, similar to Kai, I kind of put it down as well. But, I mean, I can still get on there and have a whole lot of fun, you know. Um, so I understand, Kevin, why you put it there. I also want to put out there. Putting up on there, yeah. <laughs> I also want to put out there, after the Travis Scott event, I had my one win and my return to Fortnite. <laughs> where I completely just walked into a win, and I was going to throw that out. But I also don't want to miss, they also have some of the best in-game events in gaming as well. I don't want oh, to admit yeah. that. Yeah, like I said, just recently with the Travis Scott concert, they've had a Logic and Marshmallow concert. They've had a premiere of a Star Wars trailer inside of a video game. Mm-hmm. There are regular things where they change their map, where... In some games, when they update, they'll do a little trailer. Oh, where we've removed this area, we're going to add this new feature in. Fortnite, you play the game, and at 12 o'clock, or whatever time it was, happened, you got to watch a rocket ship that slowly got built over the past few months in-game launch up, create a hole in the universe, and suck you through. Hmm. Created a whole new version of the game Whoa. that changed. Do you remember when half the map just disappeared? It just got blew up? Like, exactly. like Fortnite went through so many changes, man. I remember when in the first weeks of Fortnite, the first few days, actually the first day of Fortnite, me and Kevin found each other in the um, Battle Royale because there wasn't that many players besides the founders. And I remember how cool it was. We were walking around together like, I had never thought we could do something like that in this game. That will never happen again. There's way too many players. But mm-hmm. this kind of shows like that one in 100 chance that Fortnite came from like literally being joked on for like this game sucks to a billion dollar industry in like a couple of months in like a year. Yeah. That and we also just can't admit our, how much fun we had with the game and our big wins, losses, and Brent and I had to bring this up. Brent's old nickname when we played Fortnite. <laughs> Listeners, if you don't know, at one point Brent was referred to thoughts and prayers because <laughs> he felt that he didn't help. There were many times where Brent has now he's now better. He now holds his own. He can fight with the best of them. But there was times where we have shootouts and Brent would watch us from windows or from houses that we could 
and Don fired the gun. <laughs> Which, if we could only <sighs> clip those and turn them into highlights, that would have been definitely a highlight list. Listeners, I mean, I could refute it, but I mean, now I know the, the true tea. Uh, I could give you excuses, which I will give you some. But um, <laughs> uh, me, I took a break from gaming, you know, guys. Uh, Kevin and Kai will tell you, you know, in the beginning, we were young. I helped get them into gaming, all that good stuff. But then I had stopped for a few years. I missed the whole PlayStation 3 thing. I, I didn't own one. Came back for four. So as I come back, battle royales and shit are going on. And, you know, where I came from, we had online gaming, but not to that extent. Like, these people on these games, these kids nowadays are beasts. And so everything's moving so fast. I really felt like an old relic, a dinosaur at that point when I was first coming back. So I'd be like Kevin and Kai in a battle. Come on, Brent, we need your help. And I'm looking around like, where y'all at? Where y'all at? I can't find y'all. I can't find y'all because I'm still in the building that we were looking in 10 minutes ago. Y'all moved on to the next area or outside now. And yeah, you're just getting slaughtered and massacred by. And by the time I see you, I am just looking in the mirror. I mean, out the window. Mm-hmm. And it's all too late. This is all too late at that point. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Also, Fortnite, stop stealing dances from black people. Cut them some mm. checks. Just saying. Mm. Like, you ain't getting off because I'm being nice. Mm-hmm. Well. I don't think I better with that, though. Yeah, I know they, they, they wouldn't they pay give, They nobody. give credit now, but they ain't cutting no checks. I cut yeah, it, it, Y'all make it, a billion dollars a year. <laughs> Y'all got this. Yeah, you're right. All right, then. So, Kai, since you were just talking last, what is your number two game of this generation? All right, don't judge me for this. Hold up. Hmm? I don't think I give my number three. Oh, I'm sorry. We're Yeah, we're on number three, right? Yeah, I apologize. Okay. That's okay. My top three, you guys, is so tough. Like, these games are so interchangeable. And, <clears throat> excuse me, even up to recording tonight, I was making changes to this number <laughs> this three, this top three. And, like, I can still see it changing moving forward because just depending on my mood, <clears throat> depending on if I'm leaning towards gameplay, depending if I'm leaning on towards story, you know, it can change. But this is how I cemented it for now. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Huge buildup. And my, I'm choking up. My, my throat is dry. I'll take a sip real quick. Mm. All right. Number three, you guys are going to be surprised to hear is The Last of Us 2. <laughs> it's my number three game favorite game of this generation oh man where do i begin i'm not even going to go into all of the the, the problems in the beginning with the um the leaks and the bombing of the you know people rating it um all of the hate death threats oh my gosh all that stuff I'm going to stay away from that. I'm just going to focus on the game. To me, this is my list. This is how I felt. I went on this journey with Ellie, and I learned, and I met Abby and um, Lev. I met, and, you know, I was just blown away. You know, same same old great gameplay from the first Last of Us um, with a few tweaks here and there, you know, especially with Abby. She's, she's such a big brute. 
so she can just kind of manhandle people and monsters in a different way that really Joel and Ellie couldn't. So pretty much the, the same fun gameplay. Um, graphics just elevated to the next level. Um, amazing story, amazing characters. Just a journey that I won't forget very soon at all. I, you know, I'm going to remember this journey forever, really. Um, the way the writers, you know, took you with, with Ellie and, and um, Joel, characters who you love, who I still love dearly and, you know, will love dearly forever because they made those characters so fleshed out and so well-written in the first game. So you come in loving these characters and you go through that traumatic shit that happened. Uh, I guess it could still be spoilers nowadays, but you go through the traumatic shit that happened with Joel and everything. Then you meet Abby, who you absolutely hate. And then you start going on her journey, learning more about her, learning what Joel did to her family, learning her feelings. And then kind of come at the end with the battle between Ellie and uh, Abby. Uh, I just think it was, it was really well, well written. And while all this is going on, you have crazy peak characters like Tommy running around, Jesse, Dina, you know, who belongs to the streets, as people say online. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have all these characters going on. And not to mention, you know, motherfucking zombies and shit and clickers and bloaters and something that I don't even know what the hell this one big terrible thing is called that's in there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think they took the the monsters too and they kind of, they really did them really well. They added another kind of aspect. I know they always said they were stalkers and they were runners, but you could really tell the difference between them in this game. You know, just runners, really just relentless, mindless, just running. You know, clickers, they pretty much stay the same from the last one. Clicking, really aggressive, really strong, like armored skin. Um, stalkers were the runs that were really cool. Um, they were really quiet. You can't hear them when you go into listen mode. They would kind of wait for you to walk up, and then they'll, like, attack you from the back or something. And um, they had shamblers now that are, like, mini bloaters. So those are, you know, shoots like gas out of their bodies and that type of shit. Bloaters were beyond aggressive and mean and just relentless in this game. Oh man, that scene where you run into a bloater in a flashback, your first first bloater in this game, you're your Ellie, little younger Ellie, and you're with Joel in a flashback, and you fall through to this basement like area and the bloater is in there with you. What a great scene, a great boss fight that was. Man, and and still provided moments of terror. Fuck, this game could be number one as I'm talking about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping it at three, of course. But uh, I just had so much fun with this game. And I loved at the end, you know, Ellie almost... Oh, shit. Oh, that's a terrible spoiler. But, um, <laughs> you know, Ellie and Abby fighting and what happened there. It, I, it was gut-wrenching for me. I know everybody hated the ending. Everybody except me. Especially in our group. Everybody hated the ending except me. And um, and another friend of ours, Davon. But... uh. Yeah, I, I just saw where the writers were going. Um, Neil Druckmann, Drunkman, whatever his name is. I saw the vision, and I'm with you. Number three favorite game of this gen. Now roast me, you guys. I'm not <laughs> going to roast you for enjoying the game because yeah. the bits and pieces I saw of it, I saw. I, I usually think I don't like the Last of Us viewers roasting me for that, but I respect the game and I respect you know the teams behind it. You know, and the game is beautiful for one, probably one of the best looking games I've seen oh, yeah. before. And especially, like, um, it may not be running at 60 frames for a second, but, like, ooh, that game looks buttery smooth. Hardly any. No crash. I never saw a single crash in any stream I've been in. No hardcore glitches. Like, no falling through the geometry. Nothing like that. 
They yeah. made a good game, like well polished. The set pieces in the game, like when you play as Abby, I'm, as much as I'll say is like riding on a horse, that had to be like one of the most visually striking things I've ever seen in the game. And there's so much going on in it, and I really wanted to see like, you know, hopefully this YouTube channel follow Boundary Break gets a video on it where they can just show you what every single person is doing in that scene because mm. there's just so much going on through it. And you know, say what you want about the story, Naughty Dog tries something different. It may not have worked well, but they kept their, their, they pleased a lot of people. I was only disappointed that they left out the main component of it, like multiplayer. Because if the game had multiplayer, like, you know, how do I feel about the game or not, I feel like we'd be running some sets right now. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I won't shit on The Last of Us too much. We have a review of that coming for y'all very soon. But um, I just want to say I'm happy you enjoyed the game, Brett. Thanks, Kyle. So yeah. – while I have my reservations about the game, my complaints about the game, I still enjoyed the game immensely. It's not that I ever hated the game. I just had a lot of complaints that I felt were valid. I felt that they did drop the ball, but that does not take away from getting to point A to point B with that game. It's amazing. From the gunplay, while there are some things where people say, oh, they didn't innovate enough on the gunplay. Yes, but what the gameplay that you actually get is phenomenal from the gunfights to the stealth to these weapons that they give you. Like there's some, there's something about crafting a pipe bomb, placing it there, just that to go off. Everyone to run to that side. So you can throw a Molotov at them. And then you have another pipe bomb in another area that, you know, the dog was going to go through. Like the way that they let you set it up like a chess game was great. The set pieces, like we're talking, come to certain boss fights when you're fighting mini spoiler in the hospital is terrifying. The game oh, no. literally turns into Resident Evil to a point. <laughs> and yeah, I, can't I love the game for that. I just feel that a person that they went out of their way to make a great game. Yes, did they hit, not hit the mark in my opinion when it comes to narrative-wise? Yes, but does that take away from the hours that I had enjoying that game? No. Overall, I think the game was great. It was it's definitely worth the dollar. Do I think I'm going to look back on this the same way I did the first one in 10 years or well, seven years now that's for time to tell but for right now it is a great and enjoyable game i really do love the last of us also i just want to say i have never seen or even thought of in a, fight, in a zombie game punching zombies to death like because like, the compilations <laughs> i would watch with that would be fucking hilarious just truly mike tyson level one two <laughs> like it just like crushing over her feet like I'm all about that, but it's just it's just kind of funny where the game is so serious, but at the same time you're fucking comboing zombies to death. Yeah, yeah. Like I made shit on it, but it's all in good fun for the most part. And I really appreciate you guys. And I'm talking like I'm a fucking developer of the game, which I'm not. <laughs> but like, I mean, I just really lose my mind because of how much fun I had with the game. Just hearing people say, "Oh, it's a five or oh, it's a six. This thing was trash. It was terrible. I didn't like it at all." I just that stuff just really blows my mind. But um, that's cat, man. I do yeah. feel a lot certain parts are trash. I don't, don't get me wrong, but I can under the, I can put my bias aside to give a fair critique of the game. You know what I mean? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's hard to do, truth be told. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, just about to wrap this up. You know, and I appreciate you know Abby as a character. How they kind of did that with a woman, made a big strong woman. Who wasn't just a strong woman like Lara Croft strong, but they took it at a, a different level that I've never, I've never really seen in a game like a a woman that really looked like Macho Man or Andy Savage or something, just really just humbling really people. 
Huh? That's actually like a really good point. Cause like um, most people think when they think of like a like a muscular woman in video games, they think maybe a girl with like toned arms and that's tall. They don't think like an actual like women can become serious bodybuilders. Like look at China and WWE. Yeah. But like she that's looks a like a China. Like she's mm-hmm. big and strong, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like it makes sense because like you're not gonna just sit there and you wouldn't be like super stacked with like an Instagram baddie. If that's not working, <laughs> you would probably want to work out and be able to survive. The whole theme of the first game was endure and survive, right? So to survive, yeah. you probably would start doing some push-ups. Surprise, Ellie was looking kind of slim, but you know, <laughs> it, it's just refreshing to see a different female character design like that. Shout out to Naughty Dog for that. Yeah, yeah. Go, Kevin. I'm sorry. No, I agree. That's all I want to say. Uh, it's really a shame. There's a whole bunch of fragile men out here who, you know, couldn't handle Abby as a character because of that. Just total bullshit. Yeah, genuinely, if you were put off by her design, you're just a coward at this point. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, grow up and look at real people in the real world. Not everyone looks like, you know, your fucking anime waifu. Get out of here. <laughs> and this is coming from yeah. a guy with an anime waifu, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of anime waifus, Kevin said I was going to go next. My number two pick from the 3DS, Fire Emblem Awakening. Mm. I genuinely love this game. I bought a DS for the sole reason of that and Pokemon X. And let me tell you, I ain't barely touched Pokemon when I was playing Fire Emblem. I played that game at least, I beat at least 40 times. Because I went all the routes. I wanted to see um, many girls I can marry and how the dialogue was. And man, it's such a good-ass game. There's genuinely no flaws to it. It is such a good game. And I would say, why can't Nintendo just port those games to Switch? I would play Fire Emblem Awakening so many times over. The score, like even in the DS, this music in the game is so good. Like to me, like it's one of the most iconic soundtracks of a game I've ever played. Like if I can turn on like ID or if anytime, it's just so good. Like the gameplay is phenomenal. This is what I want from a turn-based strategy game. And like the characters in the game are fun and relatable. Like Robin feels like he has a personality. Like he's not just like a deadpan person. Like he he has a you know gust to him and. It's, it's just really cool seeing like characters that like let's take the dark evil mage girl Tharsha and let's have her, her talk to happy go lucky evil evil wizard that one likes murdering people and then they had their child and then their child's like really weird fucked up <laughs> and, and it was just kind of fun like it, it was cool meeting your kids in the game and it, it, you wanted to see each combination like huh let me put Chrome in with another girl so he's not forced to marry you know the random princess in the game so it, it, it was just really cool all around and Definitely, it deserves a spot in Smash. I don't care if Smash fans say, oh, no sword characters. Fire Emblem is here to stay, okay? Just saying. <laughs> I want Amiibos for this game, man. <laughs> no, I agree with that. I think for what they had in the limited hardware that was on the DS, I think they made use of that game really well. Like, the sprites were nice. The combat was good and rewarding. It really made you sit here and think, okay, I need to move the archer at this location so he can shoot and then the swordsman behind that guy will be able to follow up because of that crit I want to get like there was so much thinking and planning when it came to that game they really hit the mark I think they did a phenomenal job making it I got really enwrapped in the world the characters I found out characters like okay this is my favorite girl this is my favorite guy this is my favorite team I want to use and it was worth it I think they just did such a good job in making you invested in these characters, want to fight for these characters. And when you lost these people with the permanent, days, the permanent death saves on, you felt 
terrible, especially when they make you go through the end of the game and they tell you Tharja died here, Marf died mm-hmm. here, Faye died here. I restarted multiple playthroughs because of that because I felt like I can't lose him. No, <laughs> no, I'm not doing this. Not Henry. Because it really felt that way because you got attached to these people. And then you cared about them and the way they played. I thought they were, it was so important to have these players like that. The Fire Emblem did wow. a great job, and I agree with Guy. And also, like, they, went, they did such a good job that there, there was nowhere else for them to kind of go down from now. Like, Three Houses is really good, but Fates was fun. But, like, Fates, I never, okay, console developers, if you ever make me blow full breath on a console again, we're scrapping. Cause I'm not talking about, <laughs> I'm talking ugly <laughs> spit mm. flying on my DS. Cause I have to cool my waifu off after her bath. Never do that mm. again. That is a terrible feature. <laughs> <laughs> Just say like, oh man, I know we got some degenerates here, but not like this. I um, I've never had a DS, never played this, but I heard so much good things about it. So yeah, Kai, I understand. I can see. If it ever came, Switch, I would let you buy my Switch for it. If you like old school RPGs, it's right up your alley, man. It really mm-hmm. is. All right. So moving on to it, my number two is a game that, though I don't play as on the regular, as hardcore, it's a game that I just have to say I love and respect. Tekken 7. Mm-hmm. Tekken 7, in my opinion, save fighting games again, where in the case of Fighting games had that big drought in the mid-2000s that Mortal Kombat was kind of carrying. They did again with Mortal Kombat 9 in DC, but Street Fighter did a good job with 4. Then Street Fighter started to fall off when it came to Street Fighter X Tekken, Street Fighter V, and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. The one game that truly, in my opinion, put fighting games back on the map was Tekken 7. Good-ass Tekken. It's arguably, <laughs> like, since Tekken 3, the best Tekken game. Take five. <laughs> Again, like, arguably, the way the game has been played, the way it's being supported, I've never seen, like, Tekken usually does not make it farther than more than, not even, they got one season pass in Tekken Tech 2, and that was it. This, that was a free update, too, wasn't it? Was a free update, I'm sorry, with more characters. This game was supported out the ass. It has been put on such a major way that we're getting major tournaments in in the Middle East, having people from around the world in case of usually when it comes to certain fighting games, it's just USA, South Korea, and Japan. It opened up to the South, to South America, to the Middle East. It put Tekken and fighting games back on the map. I think, and in my opinion, when it comes to esports, there's no more entertaining game than watching Tekken play from the casters like crazy Steve to the actual players like the, like the God knee JDCR, or even, full-on asshole pull like heel rest players like Polk Chop, who just talk shit the entire game. It's just the most hype thing to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Like, Brent, I've never once seen, like, an actual Cinderella story in real life and in, like, my own time. Imagine being in, like, from a normal village in the Middle East to becoming Tekken World Tour champion. Or, like, I mean, not Tekken mm. World Champion, but, like, winning several major tournaments, beating all of the old gods, and no one could figure out how to beat you. That was Arslan Ash. This was last year. He came from nowhere, beat everyone, and was untouchable for a good five months, right? Yes. 
Like, it, it was insane. Like, no one saw it coming. Even, like, the tournament themselves. I think Tekken World Tour was one with one of the worst characters in the game, Panda. The, where, like, there's a funny video of the, of the creator going, like, Panda? Really? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> this is, like, even though I'm, look, Tekken 7 took out my favorite character, Bekdo-san. If they ever toss him in, bring back my old opa from Korea. But this has been so much fun to watch. Like, I'm sorry about the game now, but just, I watched, I, Rest in peace, Evo. But I used to love watching Evo every year to see the Tekken tournaments because they're so good. Like Kevin got me into watching Tekken again. So mm-hmm. shout out to Tekken Seven, man. I may not be loving it, but it's got Noctis in. It's got Geese Howard, a cool mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! How mo- how many cool fighting talking? games as well? Like we got Capcom versus SNK three in Tekken. Fucking Harada did that. We also have Negan from The Fucking Walking Dead, <laughs> which is on paper the dumbest inclusion, but he's one of the funnest characters to play. His stage, Brian. You just gotta see his stage and it's the trailer for it. You know when um Glenn died in The Walking Dead, they set it up like that. Oh, not, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the trailer, and it was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And that is my number two. Just love Tekken 7. Can't wait for the rest of Season 5 to get revealed next. Oh, this fall. Just a god-tier game. Good-ass Tekken. Shout out, Leroy. <laughs> All right, Brent. So what is your number two? All right, like I said, these top three are very interchangeable. They go back and forth. But number two for me is The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. Well, oh. the DLC, not the full game? No, it's the Wild Hunt. No, it's the oh, Wild I love the Wild yeah. Hunt with the DLC. I'm sorry. No, DLC is Blood and Wine and um, Stones of Hearts of Stone. Those are the DLCs. But um, man, you guys, like from like a narrative point, like story writing, I've never seen a game with writing like this. As far as the main um, story and side quests. That were just so riveting and just thought provoking, and um, side quest game a game that just made you want to do as many side quests as you could do because um, because of the writing. And I always always remember the Bloody Baron. His story was just crazy. It was so good about him and his wife, his daughter. They died, and then um, you know he sends girl to go find out what happened. Girl, he'd come back giving him pieces and pieces and then the truth comes out about what really happened uh you know bloody barons kind of he was abusive to the wife and everything and then at the end the wife dies and then the daughter leaves the bloody baron and says i'm never coming back and the bloody baron hangs himself just oh deep God. writing yeah and i didn't even do the story justice just there because right there there's so much more to it it's hard to and tell other- our game story like that. <laughs> right 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 there's other side quest stories about a, a young lady who was like a high-born young lady and then i'm gonna skip through a whole lot of shit a war happens she gets separated from her family she's locked in this bell tower from the enemy and they have her in this place she's locked up and they kind of forget about her and rats come in and just start eating her body up she's laying on the ground sick starving and she tells a story as a ghost she tells a story to girl how she felt a rat bite through her stomach and come up through her chest cavity and how the rat just filled in and just ate her up from the inside after that. Just shit like that that I'll never forget. Stories are amazing. The music, the soundtrack is amazing. Each you know map you go to, just music, amazing. It's a beautiful game. Um, 
for when it came out, I just, you know, I played it not too long ago and it, it still looks great to this day. Um, man, yeah, just open world, so many things to do from your Witcher contracts to other little side missions to the main stories. You want to talk about NPCs that are just, you know, so you just kind of um, kind of fall in love with them. You know, they're written out so well and, um, you know, you just kind of form a relationship with them and you kind of care for them in the game. And uh, man, just a great game. Cause I know uh, a lot of, some criticism can be girls, not the most fun person, but the characters who you encounter are just, just you know, Vesemir, of course, Siri, and a whole host of our others are just characters that, you know, you kind of will never forget. And um, of course I can't forget you get the bang, hookers and whores and titties and things be out. So no, but, I mean, though that is part of the game. Um, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a huge highlight, but uh, it is a part of the game, which is kind of cool. Yeah, See that that sort of um, you know realism and then just grit in a game. It just reminds me so much of kind of like uh, Game of Thrones from the writing standpoint, from the music standpoint. Um, just a great game. I could go on for hours talking about missions that I've been on and side quests and characters. But uh, of course, you know, we won't be boring people out and be rambling on more than I already am. But CD Projekt Red, this is like the only reason why I'm interested in cyberpunk. Cause usually cyberpunk may not be my type of game, but knowing that they did it, it just makes me excited to try that thing because uh, if it's them. anything, yeah, I trust them. If it's anything like the, the, I know it's nothing like The Witcher as far as story and, and shit like that, but, you know, if anything like The Witcher, like that well thought out and characters you know, like that, then, I, you know, yeah, I trust them, as Kai said. So, Witcher, that's my number two game of this gen, man. It, I, I, I understand, man. Again, I wasn't the biggest fan of The Witcher because I, I did get turned off by Geralt. But the world was great. I really did enjoy playing Siri. I loved her stuff, especially with the whole, like, time traveling type of thing. I'm I'm not going I'm, – I'm interested in the next Witcher. I part of me still feels like maybe I should go back and try it because I feel like maybe I should. I just was too hard on it. But I'm excited for Cyberpunk, CJ Project Red. What even though I wasn't too crazy about the game and the story, their practices are amazing. When it comes to content worth buying, I heard someone say they had the best DLC in gaming, and I completely agree. For oh, what fuck. they charge for, you get yeah. a game. Can I talk about the DLC real quick? Right, this is your podcast. DLCs. This is Tom <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh, how could I forget them? Yeah, Hearts of Stone and um, um, Blood and Wine. Just the two best DLCs I've ever played. Those <laughs> off rip, <laughs> right off the bat. I can just say that securely and, and not even be worried. Um, just two great stories, just completely separate from the main story. Both of them, you're going on separate missions. You know. Um, totally different characters you're meeting and different storylines. I mean, series still around, but um, you know, new characters, new stories, just just great stuff. Amazing writing. Some stuff you're kind of going through, like um, um, Mother Goose, Mother Hen, story time type shit in the missions, <laughs> and the other one, you, you know, Blood of Blood and Wine is all about vampires, and man. Just great DLCs, more great writing in the DLCs, and long as hell, as Kevin said. Um, 
like you're pretty much bought a whole nother game. Like these DLCs, I could totally see them. Um, if they were a sequel, that would have been it. Yeah, I, I could see them. We're, free DLCs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I could see them charging twenty bucks for each for them. I would have paid it and not not even flinch because that's how much content and how fun they were. Um, if I if I could give the game one nick because I'm gushing over it, and as I should be, it's my number two. But um, the only thing that holds this back for me for being number one, and it's maybe not even the game's fault so much, is kind of when it came out. Like, I think if The Witcher came out tomorrow, these problems would be corrected. But it's kind of the combat feels a little dated. Mm. And I think that's just because, uh, you know, the year came out. It's just, that's how games played combat-wise back then. But um, if you kind of play that in some of the other, you know, what do you call them, hack and slash? Yeah. Even though that's not really hack and slash, um, really. I would say action RPG. Action RPG, yeah. You, okay, you play some of the newer ones compared to that, and you can see the um, the gameplay, the controls are a little more modern and where they should be. And Back you can then, see the influence on the from The Witcher on it, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely can. Yeah, so they kind of built on The Witcher and, you know, made it, the controls better. But The Witcher, of course, is kind of like those ideas first, you know, created and kind of put out, which is fine, but um, that's the only thing. The combat, you know, can be um, a little dry at times, just because of, I think, the, the, the time it came out. But as far as story writing, and still it's good combat. It's very solid. Don't get me wrong. But if like I you put only newer, 300 hours in for a reason, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but if, and if I compare it to newer games, then that's where I can give it a knock. But um, yeah, really great. It's another game where I'm considering going back to get the Platinum for it. I just got to see how hard it is on Death March because I heard it's that's going to be a that's going to be a slobber knocker right there. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, great game. Yeah, I've always heard The Witcher is incredible. I just couldn't get into the gameplay of it, but um, I, people still talk about The Witcher to this day because it's that good of a game. So like it's it's mm-hmm. kind of past the test of time. Like most games only have like what six months, seven months in the zeitgeist of people's memory. People yeah. still argue about how The Witcher Three is the best game of this, probably of all time, so I, I definitely understand like, the love for it, Brent. Yeah. Kevin. All right, Cass. So you're number two. Um, I already did my number two, I believe. Let me just check. Oh yeah, I already did. Fire Emblem. Yeah. So my number one. That's your number one. All right. This is going to sound like a surprise, as a surprise, but we're doing something different at the end of this. I don't know what it could be. I'm trying to think. Persona 5. Oh, fuck me. I know. Literally <laughs> took over. I'm a, I want to say a very casual Persona fan. I have not beat the other, um, the original trilogy, but I've beaten the, you know, later in life trilogy, which is, you know, Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5. Let me just say, Persona 5 is probably one of the best games I've ever played. And it is my least favorite of the Persona series. Like they do, they innovate so much on the gameplay. Like it's like probably one, it's a great story for the first start. The characters are fun and memorable. The game, even though for me, like to some, it's not that good looking, but to me, it's absolutely gorgeous. It has the best menu system I've ever seen in any video game ever, because it looks so cool. Everything about it is animated and full of life. The opening sequence is done by the animator who worked on Yuri on Ice. It's like this beautiful ice skating sequence with amazing music playing in the background. The soundtrack overall is just perfect. It's nice, vibey, really jazzy setting. It's really lo-fi at times. And then they can turn up. And, like, the themes of that game, as I'm replaying through the story again, I'm like, 
when I got to Futaba's arc and Rivers in the desert and starts playing. And then you hear the story about how she blames herself for her mom's death. And that's why she became a recluse and, you know, sh- shut in and never left the house because she was, she was just so tormented on how people would blame her for killing her mother, even though it was never her fault to begin with. It is just a deep ass game, man. Like persona just touches on so much dark stuff. And like when they tackle things like sexual assault, um, prostitution is a crime in Japan. Like, like, you know, they're overused and misuse of power from the, you know, quote-unquote adults because they're kids, but from higher-up authority, the political figures, kind of like what we see in real life. Because, like, you know, if you don't know this, like a couple of years ago, South Korea was shown to be run by a shadow government and personas touches on things like that in the game. And it just kind of shows that, like, and how it's just kind of captured all of the fans of now in the world. Everyone just says, you know, I love the anime. Can I jump into Persona 5 now into the game or can I play Royal? It is a must-play on PlayStation. It is probably my favorite JRPG that came out this, you know, generation. Uh, not well, not this generation, but this console generation. I would say, it is just so damn good. I implore everyone to play it. And if you don't play it, at least listen to the soundtrack because that soundtrack is worth a listen. I agree completely. Uh, Persona is still one of my favorite franchises. While I did not finish the game, that does not mean I did not thoroughly enjoy that game. I put over 70 hours into it. You put 90 hours in. Yeah, by the time I had gotten to the end, like, I was maybe two castles away. But at that point, I feel like I had gotten all I wanted of that game. It's a strong game. It's so much fun. It's had, one thing that I can truly say about that game compared to others, it has its own personality. Where I feel like a lot of games fall into these samey graphic styles or art styles. This game was not afraid to go off on its own, to do its own thing. And I really think they did that. Like, when it comes to these characters, when it comes to their art style, just the aesthetic of red, black, and white, having being the primary colors of that game, it's just so good. It's so stylish. It's perfect. It's a great game. I really do love it. My only downside was the cast. I felt like they were a little too, in my opinion, cookie-cutter for anime characters. They felt like more like tropes. But to a lot of people, they really enjoyed it. So, hey, I'm probably the wrong one here. But, again, the game was awesome. I do love it personally. It, it was great. I can't, I can't 20 bucks. Please that. go play this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Kai's been wanting me to play it for quite some time. So, uh, <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, Brent. So, what is your number one? Yeah, I, I have no idea what Brent's could possibly be. I think I know what it's going to be, but I'm willing to just be wrong. Are we really there already? Okay. Um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm not going to do the dead? music. The listeners, though. God of War. <laughs> oh, my word. Where do I start with this game? Ha, actually, I know exactly where to start. Combat. <laughs> Combat. Combat with a side of combat game play. Before I get into the graphics, before I get into the story, the music, the writing, all that stuff. Combat. Perfect combat from this gen, in my opinion. Can't get no better, you guys, in my opinion. Listeners who've played the game, I'm sure you know. Um, um, Kratos. X. That he can draw call draw back with his hand, just so I mean like Thor like I just gotta say it, but it's with an axe 
and it's just so fun and it's so smooth and it feels so great. And then you have little Atreus right there with you where you can, he's the best like NPC help, I think, in a game ever because you can kind of control him to an extent, not what direction he runs to, but you can hit square and you can um, call him to shoot his arrows at an enemy you're focused on um, by hitting square. So you don't have to just rely on the computer to shoot whenever they want. You can make him do that. And his little arrows kind of like stun the enemy and, and cause damage as well. So it can be like a lifesaver and very, um, a very big help. Because while they're stunned, then you can come in with your little combo with the axe and go off. And just when you're having so much fun with the axe and the treas, um, with the arrows, and you're just mastering that, then, of course, they bring in the Chains of Olympus. Is it Blaze or Chains? Chains. Thank you. <laughs> chains of Olympus. And my gosh, my gosh, these things go off and they're just unforgiving. It's just so smooth, like butter swinging these things around. And you can switch so easily back and forth between the axe and the chains. And so you have a tray of shooting arrows as well. Oh, my, my word. Like, just so much fun. Um, just destroying enemies is just amazing. And the chains of Olympus, of course, have fire element, and your axe has ice. So, you know, if you're fighting, like, an ice enemy, you want to go with the chains. Sometimes you'll be fighting, like, a fire enemy, so you want to go with the ice weapon, and you got to pay attention to that. Atreus has different type of arrows that you want to switch back and forth between and do different things. Just the combat, first and foremost, is what really propelled this game to number one for me because it's so much fun. Like I told you, the God of War has a little nick in its armor, in my opinion, with the uh, combat, which is still fun. But when I compare it to this game, I didn't want to name God of War because then it kind of would have tipped off my number one. But uh, when you, if you compare it to God of War, which is a much newer game and, you know, took advantage of all the lessons from The Witcher and other games like that, this thing is just on another level of combat, just perfect. Um and before I'm, I just gush all over the, the combat, which is great, the story is awesome. Um, I never played the old God of Wars, but Kevin and Kai told me a lot about the story and how Atreus, not Atreus, how Kratos used to be and how he used to act and, you know, how that his backstory is. But him and his relationship with Atreus is just really precious because <laughs> it starts out kind of rocky. And, of course, it goes and goes and it gets better along the way. But along the way, Atreus gets sick. Atreus really drops into depression and he's like, you know, um, disrespectful to Kratos and our little other friends along the way. And then, you know, just going through that, those growing pains with him, this is really a good story. And Kratos is a mean and stern and like stiff type of father person who doesn't know how to get his point across well when he's fathering Atreus. But if you really think about it and listen to it, he's giving out good life lessons. So um, story is great. And then graphics, man. I mean, I know we talked about um, The Last of Us 2 has great graphics and a few other games that have great graphics, but God of War is right up there with the best of them. Some of the best graphics and just images I've seen in games. Um, oh, man, graphics are amazing. Um, great music as well. The soundtrack is a whole lot of fun. And really fun and creative enemies. Uh, the the uh, boss 
whose name escapes me right now. Oh, it really drives me crazy. I just beat it like two weeks ago. But, um, you know, the, the listeners who played it knows he's a little skinny guy. He has all these tattoos all over himself. Um, and he's Thor's brother? Loki. What did you say, Kevin? Loki. Loki. No, that's not the main guy. But anyway, whatever. Uh, Balder, Brent. Balder, thank you, Kai. Yes. Sorry, and, I realized that. Thank you. And he feels no pain. So you just fight this man forever and he just doesn't feel it until something happens and then, you know, with a story and then he, he can feel pain. And you're dealing with his mother as well, who is Freya, who's a god herself. Just amazing fighting him. Um and then fighting other bosses, fighting the effing Valkyries. Oh man, you wanna talk about like in-game shit? So once you beat the game and you just wanna do other stuff, because I this is another game I platinum, you gotta beat all the Valkyries. Oh, oh you wanna talk about hard fights where you have to really master using the chains, your axe, and the trails. You like gotta use them to your best. It's one of those games where you're playing and you're like, you're losing so terribly fighting these Valkyries, and then you start getting better. You start learning their um, moves and you start figuring out how to do it, and it really just makes you better. So when you beat these hard bosses, there's no better feeling because it's like I beat it because I got better. Nothing changed in the game. I got better at it. You know, I made better moves, quicker. Uh, dodges you know I was a little more patient instead of running in swinging axes and chains all crazily like so and that's one of the best things in a game when you can be like hey you know I got better that's how I beat this thing it wasn't the game sliding it down the easy or any any or it wasn't I got new um, equipment to make it easier it's just me this is what I had and I got better and I beat it so just a perfect game like I was talking about this with Kevin and Kai and Davon a few weeks ago. We were talking about what, you know, is our favorite games, or we were talking about uh, The Last of Us, I think. And I'm going to echo Davon, who made a very good point when I put The Last of Us 2 up next to God of War. And I'll even throw The Witcher in there as well. I just always got to give God of War the little, little nod, just a little bit in the lead, because it's perfect. There's nothing wrong I can say about it. The Witcher, I said, has its little issues. You know, The Last of Us 2, you know, though I said so many glowing great things about it. Yeah, there were times where the pacing might have been off a little bit. Or, um, you know, they had me like in a boss fight when I'm Abby fighting um, Ellie. And I'm like, I don't want to do this right now. I don't want to fight Abby. Like, what the fuck? So, but there's no moments Mm -hmm. like that at all in God of War. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's just perfect. I can definitely understand that, man. So, yeah, that, that's all I got to say about mm-hmm. this game, man. Kai, I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. I was just going to say, um, it's just kind of cool that me and Kevin were there for the start of God of War, and you were there for the rebirth of God of War. So, it's just kind of cool to see because, like, I need to eventually just sit down and hunger down and play it myself because you do. Literally, mm-hmm. I hear nothing but great things about this game. It's just kind of like, why haven't I played this game yet? <laughs> just pure laziness at this point. I agree. It's it's great. I need to get my hands on it myself. I need to stop playing. Yeah, you guys won't be disappointed. You won't. 
man. All right, Kai, do you want to talk about yours? I already did. Are you different number one? Yeah. <laughs> Where am I, dude? I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, so lastly is my number one, which is, I'm pretty sure you might know right now, Kai, but for listeners, Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, my word. <laughs> no, I understand that. When I say rebirth, uh, like rebirth, like a phoenix, this game took a, in my opinion, they were still selling well, but the reception was going down, and the tables were starting to turn on the series. Around the time of Unity, Assassin's Creed started to fall. Syndicate wasn't good. The one where you, like, Unity was the one you could play multiplayer. Assassin's Creed was known as bug-ridden, boring, and repetitive. Damn. <laughs> They were going through the works between the reviewers and the fans, and people were just kind of, were just no longer feeling the Assassin's Creed franchise. And Origins flipped that whole perception on its head. They said, "All right, guys, you think we're doing a little too much? Everything's feeling samey and boring. We're going to overhaul the entire combat system. We're going to put you in a beautiful, completely removed from regular European world." We're going to set you in Egypt, send you back in time again, and not just to the 1500s or the 1600s. We're going back, way back to an ancient times. You're going to play a fair, uh, a heir to the, a hand to the pharaoh, a dark-skinned, black male character with dreads, which is, in my opinion, one of the most interesting and dope representations of a character we've ever seen. He's come, Bayek was so much more than just a regular generic protagonist in the Assassin's Creed series, where Ezio was like, Altair was like, but when it came to characters like Connor or Edward Drake, no one talks to me about how good those characters were. On the other hand, someone like Bayek was so interesting because they finally added the dialogue system, and you could think and try to figure out how you want to handle things. Bayek was clever, he was smart, he was intelligent, he was vengeful, he was so well done. The combat, so well done. Tying your hand, instead of just using the, the random swords or spears and things like that, tying things to a shield, having a whole base combat system that plays more Witcher-like was so interesting and such a big risk when they could have just been pumping out the same game over and over again. And I sung the praises of Ubisoft when it came to Siege, things like Watch Dogs 2. This is their, in my opinion, I, most people, I like Odyssey. This is their magnum opus. Just walking around, trying to fight difficult, be fight, being the hand of the pharaoh, getting the interesting weapons, meeting characters like Cleopatra, figuring out who assassinated Caesar. There were so many different intricate things to that game. It's gorgeous. The world was great. I love finding every single piece of armor, battling the arenas. It was a great game. I believe it. The watching you play for years, I can understand that the game is gorgeous. Fire can see was fucking dope as a character. Everything about it looks great, man. And like even like the historical mode they have in the game where it just teaches you about Egypt, that needs to be like preserved oh, yeah. in museums for children. You get to walk around the library of Alexandria that they completely redone in their game and you can just read books. Like full on books in the game. Oh, nice. If I was a child, I would rather learn about Egypt through that than anything other way possible. <laughs> it's just a beautifully reconstructed Egypt. Like they did a great job in that. Yes, that, it's in my opinion. I'll I'll say like this: I got Horizon Zero Dawn and Assassin's Creed at the same time because I bought them both during Black Friday. I never touched Horizon Zero Dawn. 
all of, I was like, okay, I'm gonna play a little bit of this game and then do half of the Horizon Zero Dawn. I never looked back. I have never looked back. Man, the one thing that the one cutscene you showed me where it explains why the hidden blade and why they all miss a finger. Because, like, in the original Assassin's Creed, you learn, I think it's like on the, the left index finger is gone for the hidden blade. Yep. And they f- explain that because in the game, um, <laughs> by accidentally sta- gets stabbed in his finger and loses it, right? It just yep. kinda Basically, <laughs> the blade just goes up through his hand, cuts through his finger, and stabs the guy. Mm. So it's just kind of like, from a mistake, led a whole trademark that the, all of the assassins, till like what I want to say, Unity? Have because that's just how they mark themselves, as versus Templar. And it gave us the actual meaning, and it created the whole Assassin's Creed, the whole Creed. Like we got to see the origin of the whole order to fight the Templars, and it's so awesome to see because I kind of felt like we would never get something like that. Honestly, yeah, because something like something that is so throwaway that you would never even think about. Because like truth be told, until I saw that cutting of Kevin, I totally forgot that they cut their fingers off. And that was like one of the first things you had, you hear about in Assassin's Creed or the original one. Yeah, shout out to that game, man. That, yeah, that game was just love. I just love what they did with it. I'm still feeling a little mixed on the Viking game, Valhalla. <laughs> but Origins, that was it's it's one of my favorite games. Yeah, Assassin's game. Award does not look as good. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Is, is is Origins the one where you play at the black guy? Yes. Gotcha. Odyssey is the one where you're in Greece, where you can play a male or female character. Right, okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right, it's well, another one Kevin's been wanting me to get. So uh, maybe one day still. When the price <laughs> drops before PS5, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Well, guys, that was our list of our top five games. Were there any honorable mentions that y'all wanted to throw up there real fast? Yes. Um, I have a lot, so I'll just kind of go first. All right, in no particular order do I think these are honorable mentions. For one, PT. Fuck Konami. This could have been one of the greatest war games of all time. Mm. Yes, we got Death Stranding, but I did not want to deliver packages. I wanted to be terrified. This is going to be the greatest rebirth of Silent Hill and everything. Resident Evil 2. We've been playing that as a family. All of us get together, well, pre-COVID, and been playing that. It has been incredible. Skullgirls, a fighting game that kept going, revisited itself. Might have gotten into a little trouble with Mike Z recently, but man, what a great game. Sleeping Dogs, it was a successor to John Woo that I never wanted. That I mean, that I never thought I wanted, but that game was so much goddamn fun. Mm-hmm. And Justice for redoing the model for the fighting game story mode and making it actually worth playing and actually worth watching. It spawned a whole comic book series and everything. Um, I have Fortnite down as well because you know reasons Kevin listed. And I should have mentioned this, put this on my list, but it was so hard. Devil May Cry 5. Mm. Oh, my God. Devil May Cry 5 is a great return to the series. It made me, like, want to go back and play the entire series all over again. I fucking love Devil May Cry. And we were kind of jostling, flirting with this and the ideas of doing this podcast. I listed other games of the current generation for consoles. My favorite game of all that decade, Persona 4 Golden on Vita. Vita means life. Persona 4 Golden is the best Persona game. Fight me. I get you. Well, Brent? Yes, and I definitely have um, a few honorable mentions as well. And, okay. If we did a top six, this would be number six. 
Death Stranding. <laughs> um, without a question, it would be number six. I had so much fun with this game. So many hours I put in. It's another one that I platinum. Um, wow. The graphics, just being able to make a game where you're out in the world. Well, for, yeah, the graphics, you know, let me start with them. Just pure beautiful. Just, you know, amazing, beautiful landscapes. And then the music that goes right along with it. Sometimes while you'll be walking, music will just come on very soothing, techno or EDM. And um, just right on point with the uh, scenarios and the situations. Um, just being able to make a game where you are Norman Reedus, you know, Sam Fisher, you're, I don't know. That's Bridges. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that um, Splinter Cell? No, forgive me. Anyway. Splinter Cell, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're Sam Bridges, Sam Porter Bridges, and you're able you're able to make a game just to be out there by yourself, and just to have the player just be totally engaged, and you can't not pay attention for one moment where you're out there, because as soon as you do, your leg will slip, you'll start rolling down, a package will fall off your back, and then you know your whole rating and grade for delivery is fucked. And you might even need to start all over, depending on how bad it is. Or you might slip right into a territory with, you know, BTs, those are monster things. And they'll grab you up and put you to a big boss fight, and it's a mess. So kudos to Kojima, you know, getting away from Konami, doing his own thing, and deciding to do something completely different, some way out of left field that no one could have ever thought of, except for this man right here, Kojima. Uh, the way he, you know, he he put this game together, so much fun to me. Definitely one of my my tops. We're just doing honorable mentions. Fuck, I'm taking too much time on it. So let me keep going. Final Fantasy VII remake made it into an honorable mention for me. Um, yeah, I I had mixed thoughts on this game before, but I ended up liking it, so I put it on there. I put 15 on as an honorable mention. Um, I was wondering that was that was gonna make it to your list in the first place. Yeah, it might have slipped in there if I if we did a top ten, it might have slipped in the eight or nine or ten or something. So those are both honorable mentions for me. I put Fortnite on there for the reasons Kevin mentioned as well. Mafia three is an honorable mention for me. Um playing that character, playing as a black man back in uh, I forget the time frame, but back when it was very racist. Like the, the, four, the 60s, right? 60s. Okay, yeah, 60s, 60s, Kevin. You're right. It was Vietnam you know, War. We have these white characters, you know, flailing and wailing the N-word and all types of other, you know, racial or, or racist names against black people. It just really was an eye-opener and just crazy for me. But then on the same token, being able to take your AK and spray bullets all over their faces after they <laughs> called you these racist words was just like a feeling this was just crazy, second to none. So, um, you know, playing through that, it was it was pretty accurate too. You know, telling of a of like black life and um, a black family, the way what the story was told because the character you play as, you get to see his family and his. Um, really accurate the way the story was told and it's an open world game a lot of fun kind of similar to uh, you know GTA in a way uh, had a lot of fun with that game beat it and uh, I, I might play it again one day actually it was a lot of fun Grand Theft Auto is that oh, oh, yeah, we have remastered for it 
That was yeah, like August yeah, yeah. 2013. Okay, yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five made the list then as an honorable mention. Red Dead Redemption, who I am so surprised too, is not on any of you guys' list. Wow. Yeah. I love Red Dead Redemption. I didn't even mention as an honorable mention. <laughs> I really should have put it on there. I forgot about that. Okay, okay. Well, of course. I don't need to sing the praises of this game for too long. Everyone knows graphics, graphics, graphics is where we start at. Fun-ass shooting gameplay. You know, an amazing off-the-wall zany story with Dutch and Arthur and all them other guys. Just a whole bunch of fun. Red Dead Redemption, honorable mention for me. Um, Walking Dead Telltale series was an honorable mention for me. Um, Fallout 4 was an honorable mention for me. Jedi Fallen Order is an honorable mention for me. I have so much effing honorable mentions. Last but not least, this is really new, but don't laugh at me, listeners. But I've been having so much fucking fun with this game. Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, it's an honorable mention. Yeah, because, it deserves to be on there. Yeah, I like. I think even though the game just came out, it's destined for greatness. You know, of course, I haven't beat it yet. I don't even think I'm not even halfway to beating this game, but just. From getting into the world, how beautiful it is. Combat is so fun. Um, being a badass samurai is just amazing. I love the, the techniques, the way you can build your techniques. Because you kind of start out and you're like, yeah, man, I feel like I'm missing something. Like, this is limited. I just hit triangle, hit square. That's all I can do. But no, because you just start. As you're building, you get technique points, you build your moves, you get new stances, and then it all starts coming together. And you're like, wow. You get new equipment like the kunai and sticky bombs. You're like, okay, now I see it. I'm really, I'm a badass right now. Yeah, it all comes together. It comes together so well. You start whooping people's ass, and it's like, this game is great. And I'm enjoying the story. Some hits, people said Jen is boring, but I think he's, I like him. You know, I think he's just a really humble, a good guy, a good samurai, you know, trying he's to just very noble. And that's just this to a fault. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. 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 To a fault. You're right. Very noble. Just out here trying to avenge his uncle and his, his family and his, his island and all that stuff. So Ghost of Shima, you made my last list, my last number as an honorable mention, uh, Kevin. All right. So Bioshock infinite number is one of my first honorable mentions. Just mm-hmm. a fantastic game. Continuing the series. Tackling certain things that I wasn't even prepared for, like tackling the thing of the deal of racism, having they happen to understand how slavery with people slaves are treated, introducing one of the best, in my opinion, assisting characters in the game, support characters, Elizabeth, super great, spawned mm-hmm. a lot of great parodies. Just throwing that one out there. Kai, you're going to hate me for the next one. <laughs> EMC Devil May Cry. I'm going to fight you in real life. <laughs> While I understand why there is a Won't lot of hate. Won't fucking touch Devil May Cry 5. I understand why there's a lot of hate towards DMC. That is one of my opinion, the funnest hack and slash games I've played in such a long time. Great martial transver- trans- traversal with their platforming. Such a cool concept of having Dante having to use angel weapons and demon weapons that really made you alternate combos and Freely try to chain together attacks. It was such a in my if it was not for the art style and the design choice that they made with Dante's appearance, that game would be a nine or a ten to me. But they bungled a lot of stuff with that and I had to take some points against that. Brent, he's referred to as Dino. Dante in name only, okay? 
Another game I want to bring up is For Honor. For Honor is a little game that could, again, Ubisoft again showing these games that, hey, we're going to support these games so long as the fan base is still there. It's a fun fighting game. It's a really different fighting game with the whole combat system being based on, like, sides and having to figure out what should be swinging from the left or the right. I think that was dope. They're still being supported. I think they're on their fifth season currently with this new one coming out. I want to say Watch Dogs 2. In my opinion, one of the most slept-on games in 2016. So good. The first game left such a bad taste in everybody's mouth that I get why people didn't buy it. I was like, hey, he's the black main character in San Francisco and he's bright and colorful and not depressing. I'm going to buy it. And I was pleasantly surprised. It was great. It would have been, like, if it wouldn't have been for for Assassin's Creed Origins, that one probably would have been my favorite Ubisoft game, to be honest, of of this generation. It was that good to me. Um, The next game I wanted to bring up is Dragon Ball Z. When I say this is probably, in my opinion, the best-looking game on PlayStation, and what I mean by not by, like, God Rays or things like that, I have never seen a series put the anime or the comic to life in anything. Like, whether it's a comic book fighting game, a comic book game like Spider-Man or Batman or anything like that. Dragon Ball Fighters looks like you're watching the television show. It looks perfect. From actual frames they use in the TV show to the freaking blast and voice actors from the original cartoon in the 90s and early 2000s. I think it's a perfect looking game. It plays great. It took the place of a dying franchise and a dying style of fighting games and revived it. So you have to give them props for that. Mm-hmm. Another one I want to bring up is Soul Calibur Six. Again, bringing the franchise back. It was shaky on four. We all thought it was dead after five. And Bandai Namco came out swinging and hit it out the park with Soul Calibur Six. We played a long-ass session of it yesterday with Kai and my friends. I love that game to death. And the last one I wanted to talk about on here was... Oops, I'm, where am I? I might have deleted it by accident. But Dragon Age Inquisition. This is one thing that I think me and Kai both forgot to put on our list, personally. Yeah, definitely. This is potentially the last good Bioware game. If Mass Effect Infinite, sorry, Mass Effect Andromeda failed, Anthem failed, this new Dragon Age 4 is all we have left from them getting cut off, sent off to the gulags by G, by EA. <laughs> what I mean is they'll end up like every other developer that has been under EA. And I'm scared to death. So Dragon Inquisition is one of my favorite RPGs of this generation. It definitely deserves the love it didn't that it should have gotten. Bioware makes too good of games to be forgotten about. And essentially that was all of my uh armor mentions. Anything else you guys want to say for this episode before we wrap up? I love video um, games, man. I want to encourage the world to play video games. Don't listen to Joe Rogan. Just just do whatever you want. Do what makes you happy, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. You, you know, speaking of the damn gulags, that's another honorable mention, I think, for me. Oh, yeah, for uh, all of us. Warzone. How could we have missed it? Yeah, I'm I, probably going to play some Warzone after this pod. Yeah, I can't let this pod end tonight with this list. But mentioning that, yeah, singing the praises. Like, you want to talk about bringing me to life in a, um, a first-person shooter. Right. 
online joint like that where, you know, I actually feel like I'm a, a good valued part of the team when, when we're out here. And uh, having the idea of the gulags, it was just really innovative, a great idea. You die and you go into that one-on-one fight in the jail. Um, a lot of good ideas in that Call of Duty. So, um, yeah, that, that's definitely, you know, just building upon with Fortnite and um, Apex and all the Apex. other games that came before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Warzone yeah. is going to probably be in my top five games of the year. Like, yeah, purely yeah. off of what, how much we've played that game and how much we've gotten out of it. Yeah. It might just be in my game of the year. Absolutely. It's just so much fun, man. It's the perfect get in and get out. It, it's my favorite battle royale. It's so far. Hands down. Until I play Let that JoJo you. one, and then the JoJo one will be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. And this has been another episode of 3 to Play Podcast. Never stop gaming gamers. All right, guys. You have a good night.